1: Welcome to the Millennial Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Valerie. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And today I'm joined by Wisconsin Treasurer-Elect Sarah Godlewski. Thanks for coming on and congrats on winning your election.
2: Thanks for having me, Jordan. It's great to be on.
1: Yeah, it's our pleasure. So for starters, could you tell us about this position and why it matters to millennials?
2: Yeah, and maybe even take a little bit Step back further that this position is really unique um, in the state of Wisconsin, Jordan, because earlier this year the Republicans tried to get rid of the state. And we would have been one of the first states to not have any sort of financial officer ensuring the financial health of the state. Um, and so that's really how I got involved in this office in the first place. It wasn't. Um, you know, I didn't grow up dreaming that I would want to run for State Treasurer Jordan. But as a millennial, you know, we often are called to service or to do something different in our community. And, uh, when the Republicans tried to remove this office, I was like, no way, that seems crazy that we would do that. Um, and helped save the office. And then after we saved the office, um, decided to run for it. To kind of answer your question, uh, why should millennials care about the office? There's, there's a couple things. I think one is the state treasurer is the state's chief financial officer. And so as a result, there are really three things kind of thematically that this office should be doing. One is, you know, to provide checks and balances to kind of serve as that fiscal watchdog. Um, here in the state of Wisconsin, we've had a couple of financial, significant financial mismanagement situations, which are our tax dollars. So whether it's $600,000 we overpaid in Medicaid, for example, or we had, we double paid a contractor for road construction, and, and, and it was just absolutely um, appalling that these uh, situations were happening with financial mismanagement. Um, the second thing that this office should be doing is to invest in Wisconsin's future. And this is something that, um, really has started to get attention from millennials because we are looking at win-win investment strategies. So one of the things that we've been talking about is to address the student loan crisis. I graduated, for example, with over $75,000 in student loan debt and was paying an interest rate of 9%. So just a loan story for me, I was paying almost a thousand dollars a month in interest, which is crazy. And it's a crisis across this country. I mean, we are over a trillion dollars with student loan debt across the country. And it is one of the leading economic problems, not just for the United States, but also clearly for Wisconsin. So in Wisconsin, it's, one, it's over a $1 billion problem. And so what we are looking at is providing people an opportunity to refinance your loans. So what that means, Jordan, is that we would buy your loans that are at high interest rates. So whether it's like at a 9% or last year rates were up to 15%. And we would buy them and then reissue them to you at like a 4% rate or a 3% rate, which is much more reasonable than these extraordinary fees that big banks are putting on the backs of our young people. And so that's exactly what we've been looking at is starting um, a refinancing program for students, and we would be one of the first states, which something would be about to do do that. And then another another issue that we've been talking a lot about is on this kind of economic empowerment theme And so with economic empowerment, we've been looking at a couple of things. One is addressing the pay gap. Um, So the state treasurer out of uh, Massachusetts has been doing some really great work, which is called Equal MA. And uh, we want to replicate that program where we educate um, women and communities of color and just anyone who's interested on how they can talk about the pay gap. But further what we wanna do is work with businesses because a lot of times businesses just assume that we're gonna be paying people more money, that's bad business. And the reality is that um, when you have equal pay, actually your product improves, you have better retention, which lowers costs, and so there's a significant saving for businesses to also be active in the equal pay movement. Another thing that we uh, hope to address under the kind of economic empowerment theme that state treasurers have been doing is how do we help people get access to credit and starting businesses? So a lot of young people um, want to start businesses. They have great entrepreneurial activities, ideas, but they don't know either how to best get a loan or they don't qualify because they don't have any credit history. So I remember when I graduated from college, again, I had significant student loan debt. And I wanted to take out a loan, and the bank's like, no, you can't do that for business. And I think that we can do better because young people are the future of our country, and we should help them um, in starting businesses. And so we could look at um, a program that would help provide financing for people who want to start those businesses and really pursue those dreams. So those have been a few things that we've been talking about, um, whether it's on the campaign trail, and now that we're elected and looking at to to build over the next four years, um, we'll end in office.
1: And what was the campaign like? Your state is known as one of the most important swing states in the country. Democrats in your state just flipped the governorship. What was it like on the campaign this year? And what do the results of your election really mean for your state overall?
2: Yeah, so the campaign this year was something unique in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, the governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, and myself worked really hard to run a, a ticket and um, talk about what you know good government in Wisconsin should look like. And because we were able, I think, as a team, We got our message out in ways that we've never seen before. And all of us brought um, a a different perspective, I think, to the table. So one of the kind of two interesting facts about the campaign, specifically, Jordan, when you think about our Democratic tickets that all won, is that exactly that. So we have not had all Democrats in these statewide offices since 1981 and then the other fun fact which is very appropriate for this millennial podcast is that of these five elected statewide elected officials three of us are all are under 40. So it's exciting to know that we are working at the statewide level and in, in Wisconsin to represent millennial views because we are millennials who are being elected. But with that being said being in such a significant swing state, I mean, our governor won with one percent of the vote, our attorney general won with less than one percent, point eight, uh, was making sure that we developed a message that was not Democrat per se or Republican that really um hit all with sound And so for me it was talking about, okay, How can we make sure we're watching how our tax dollars are being spent because of the fraud and abuse that we've seen earlier? Um, looking at, you know, the student loan crisis, which is an epidemic that impacts over a million Wisconsinites every day and um, affects their ability to buy a home or even buy a car. Two other things where people across Wisconsin want to start a business, but financially can't do that. And so, It was talking about those kind of kitchen table economic issues that affect us day to day. And I think that was really critical, especially with our election, where we uh, won by over 4%, which is significant in the state of the
1: So as you said, Republicans tried to eliminate the position you were just elected to hold. And more recently, Republicans in the state legislature who have stayed in power through gerrymandering, introduced a sweeping plan to strip the incoming Democratic governor and attorney general of power. Why are they so intent on this? How seriously should we take this threat?
2: So this threat is incredibly serious. And why it's, I think, a very serious issue is we've seen these power grabs before in North Carolina. So when the Democratic governor was elected last year in North Carolina, the Republican legislature took away power um, in essence to make sure that the governor couldn't do much in that role. It was almost just kind of a figurehead. And that playbook that was started in North Carolina was then used on Wisconsin, where we have a significantly Republican legislature, which, to your point, Jordan, has been hearing and that's now taking away powers from the governor and attorney general, which is not what democracy is about. I mean, look, at the end of the day, voters made it clear on November 6th in the state of Wisconsin that they wanted a democratic governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, treasurer, and secretary of state. They made that very clear. That's what the democratic process is about, It's giving people a voice to who they believe will serve in their best interests. And when the legislature literally calls an extraordinary session and creates these bills that have not had any, I mean, one of my concerns Jordan, is there's been no analysis on these bills that have been taken place for responsibilities from the governor. I mean, we don't know how much it's going to cost, we don't know how it's going to impact legislatively, and there's been no opportunity, and this is what scares me the most, is there's been no opportunity for public dialogue for any of it. Giving people less than a week to have a public discussion and to provide input to their legislators on if they think this is a good idea or not, I think is is just a violation in the basic essence of our democracy in the sounds.
1: And what ability do you have to fight this assault on democracy?
2: So one of the things that we've always been really proud of is running a very people-centric campaign, um, where people across the state and all 72 counties have been involved. And so what we have been doing is motivating and encouraging people to get involved with this democratic process, because that's exactly what I believe it will take to hopefully let some of these more Republican are these Republican legislators that are a bit more moderate in nature say no. You know, I'm going to take a stand in uphold democracy because that's that's the core essence of how we should operate as a state and as a And so we've been um, encouraging, whether it's our supporters or anybody across the state, to call key moderate Republicans um, to talk about the importance of what good government looks like for Wisconsin. And this is not good government. So
1: with your people-centric campaign, it will be difficult in a state as big as yours to ensure that you stay connected with the people throughout the state. What measures and plans are you taking to ensure that you do stay connected?
2: Well, as a community organizer, Jordan, this is really at the heart of why I care so much about this office and and serving the people of Wisconsin is to make sure I am listening to what their needs are. Um, My mom always joked that God gave us two ears and one mouth, so you should be doing a lot more listening than talking. Uh, For us, it's going to be um, a tiered approach. I mean, we will continue to travel the state and have listening sessions to get feedback. We are going to set up a website um, once we're sworn in where we're going to encourage people to um, talk to us about what they're concerned about, provide opportunities for them to share ideas, and, um, I've been doing what I can too to get out into the public, whether it's writing op eds, going on radio shows, television, because using those mechanisms to get out our message and to start a discussion, I think is, is really important because, you know, this office has been pretty dormant for well over eight years. Um, because the, my predecessors wanted to remove the office, they haven't been doing much for and so we're really starting from the ground level and getting our message out and fostering that dialogue. Um, we proudly started it during the campaign, and now we want to make sure we continue that by doing these listening sessions and, and providing easy mechanisms for um, people in the state to share their ideas. and. and their-
0: I pretty much live there. So if that appeals to you, come join us.
2: And we want to give a very special shout out to our executive producer, Greg Stevens, and our producers, Brad Tracy and Renee Garcia-Brown.
0: Again, if you want to continue hearing interviews and conversations just like this one, we hope you'll visit patreon.com millenpolitics. That's patreon.com slash politics and join the movement. All right, now back to the show.
1: Given that you're probably going to have to keep interacting with a Republican state legislature for the foreseeable future, at least for the next few years, how are you going to go about trying to potentially work with Republicans, or alternatively, probably more likely, work around their obstructionism?
2: I guess I've been taking a much more collaborative approach. And and what I mean by that is, what I ran on, whether it's investing in Wisconsin's future or uh, making sure that we are have a good fiscal watchdog or um, looking at protecting vulnerable populations financially, these are not, I think, overly partisan issues. I mean, this is just about good government. And so what I have been looking at is developing ways that we can make sure economically everybody because that's what I think is really important. And so we've been, um, we're starting, we'll start this week and doing legislative meetings and and looking at where we can find common ground. And I think that's just a critical point of departure when I get into office because I want to be as effective for the people of Wisconsin as I can. And I really think in order to do that, um, rather than kind of starting all these fights, it's looking at what's in the middle right now and where can we start making progress today? So that's how we're going to be uh, approaching things as soon as we get sworn in on January 7th.
1: And what advice would you give to millennials in your state who are also interested in running for office?
2: Go for it. <laughs> that's where I would start. I mean, I would encourage millennials to uh, look at opportunities in their community uh, and where they can best make a difference. And in my opinion, one of the best ways you can make a difference is getting politically engaged, whether it's working on a campaign or running for elected office itself. And they need more voices at the table. Something that I have always said is that if we're not at the table, we're on the menu. And a lot of times millennial voices, I think, are stymied because we're not at the table. And so running for office gives you a direct pathway to ensuring your voice is at the table and you can start legislating issues that you as a millennial care about. And and I think we need more voices that bring that diversity, that bring that perspective into, into government because government... Uh, while well, millennials make up one of our largest voting blocks in the country, we are not equally represented, um, when it comes to And so I would encourage them to run and, um, it's going to be one of the best adventures you can, you can, you can have in your life. I, I don't regret running at all, Jordan. I think it was a, it was a fun experience, um, and something I would encourage anybody that's interested.
1: Awesome. And where can folks find you online and how can they keep in touch?
2: Yeah. So the best way to keep in touch as we're through this transition, I would say, is people want it. We do have a Facebook page. It's Sarah for Wisconsin is what our Facebook page is called. Or, um Sarah.gov is my Twitter handle. Our website is currently going through a transition, but you can also email us. And find information for us at sarahforwashington.com.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, and we'd love to speak with you again after you are inaugurated in office.
2: Absolutely, I would love to come back again, Jordan. It's always a great speaking with you and, and your great audience. So um, we look forward to continuing this conversation in the future.
1: Perfect. Looking forward to it. And lastly, to our listeners, make sure to follow Millennial Politics on social media, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and tune into the Progressive Radio Network every week at 8pm Eastern to hear our newest episodes. Thanks for listening.